Hey, it's Chris Freeland, and you're listening to the Doxology Bible Church Podcast. If you want to know more about who we are or learn to connect with us, please visit doxology.church. Most of all, we hope the following message will help you take the next step in your faith journey, whatever it is. In Scripture, it says that Stephen looked up to heaven and he saw God, and he saw Jesus standing next to his father, looking at him, which was confirmation that in this moment when Stephen is dying, he saw Jesus. And that was exactly what I needed to hear so that I could know that when whatever was happening to Molly, that she knew that he was with her. And that in an instant, from the moment she was alive to the moment she died, she was in the arms of Jesus. And and that's what I carried with me to help quiet the fears that would come up in my mind. She wasn't alone. He was with her in that moment, and she has been with him ever since that moment. Doxology Bible Church is proud to present EverStory, launching wherever you listen to podcasts on June 6th. EverStory is a weekly, seasonal podcast featuring Christ-centered stories of hope and transformation, told by people just like you. No chit-chat, just raw, powerful stories. Stories inspire us to connect with each other in real, tangible ways. With stories, we're able to glorify a God who relentlessly pursues us. Mark 16:15 tells us to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. Stories embody who we are as Christians. Without them, Paul's letters would have never been shared. Without stories, a person with Christ in their heart might never find the courage to bring the word to their neighbor. Without stories, the Great Commission never occurs. Check in with us often as we introduce stories about the way Jesus' radical love is moving in truly awesome ways. Find EverStory wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow Doxology Bible Church on Facebook or Instagram at Doxology Bible. Want to share your story or know someone who might? Send us an email to stories at doxology.church. Because everyone has a story. Hey, it's Chris Freeland, and you're listening to the Doxology Bible Church Podcast. If you want to know more about who we are or learn to connect with us, please visit doxology.church. Most of all, we hope the following message will help you take the next step in your faith journey, whatever it is. ever notice that the best books that are written have pictures? I mean, pictures help us step into the story, don't they? And even if the picture, even if the book doesn't have a picture, we illustrate it in our mind. Because pictures help us live into the story. They help us understand and retain the story. They help us remember stories and transfer stories. If you're a cook, you know what an excruciating thing it is to try to put together a brand new recipe a new dish from a recipe that doesn't have a picture. If you've ever tried to assemble something, you ever get those instructions? Like the first crib that we ever put together for one of our kids was instructions but no pictures, and it just about didn't get done. 
The TCU football team will be here second uh, hour today. Those guys, when they're freshmen, they come in because their coaches want them to understand the plays. They do more than just explain the plays to them. They draw pictures because pictures help a story be livable, be memorable, and be transferable to other people. Did you realize that the story that God's writing is a picture book? You know, when you flip through the scriptures, sometimes you wonder, where are the pictures? And the only pictures that are probably in your Bible are in the back, maps, which are not highly entertaining, right? And yet God's created the story that he's writing to be a picture book. But he hasn't just hired an illustrator to draw some pictures and put in print. He's put people, just like you and me, as living illustrations of the story he's telling on the earth. And not only are our everyday lives, every day, every door, every time supposed to be pictures of who he is and what he's up to, he's given us some specific pictures. Pictures that tell specific pieces of the story he wants us to see, live, retain, and transfer to other people. And this morning, we get to celebrate one of those illustrations. In fact, an illustration that God's given us that illustrates three big things about the story that God wants to tell. We're going to celebrate a whole bunch of people going public with their faith. And so you're going to see some people who are telling a part of their story. They're going to say, I'm an illustration of the story that God's writing, and I want everybody to see it. And they've chosen a person, like I told you, to baptize them, who's been a big part of where they are today. Baptism is an illustration of really three different things. We're going to see each of those three as we go through the service today. But it's an illustration of three things that have already happened. This is not salvation that's going to take place this morning. Salvation has already happened for these people. They've already connected with Christ. And yet they want to show you a picture that says, I believe in Jesus. I've trusted him as Savior. And I want my life to be an illustration of what God did in my life and what I hope he's done in yours. The first of the three things that baptism illustrates is maybe one of the simplest to see. Uh, it's an illustration. Baptism is a picture of death and resurrection. See, a lot of times we read the story that God's writing and we miss the point, right? We, we read it and we think that maybe Jesus just came to start a religion, Or perhaps Jesus just came to give us some new rules for us to follow. And yet when you read through the story and when you see the pictures that God's given, you you realize Jesus didn't just come to start a religion or to give us new rules. He came to die and to be raised from the dead. And the story of the Bible is that you and I are traitors in the kingdom of God, that we've committed treason against the king of the universe, and that we deserve the death penalty And yet God sent a Savior, a Savior who would take the death penalty for us as he died and yet pay it in full and prove that it was paying in full by rising from the dead. Traitors deserve death. We didn't need more religion. We didn't need more rules. We needed a Savior. And so we see a picture We see a picture of a person who goes down into the water, which is a picture of our death and as of Jesus' death, something that all of us are going to experience, death and burial. But that's not the exciting part of the picture. The exciting part of the picture is that we don't hold people under water because when we've trusted in Christ, dead people don't stay dead. We see a picture 
through people going public with their faith, of people who have trusted in a Savior who died and who rose again. And the hope that they have is that then, even though they might die, they'll rise again too. And we want to show you this picture as they tell you their story. And I'll tell you, we're going to celebrate these stories together. We celebrate a lot of things. I told you the TCU football team will be here second hour. We're going to celebrate and go crazy when those guys score touchdowns this year, aren't we? When they have takeaways, when they force turnovers, we're going to celebrate like crazy when those guys win games. But when we see what God's doing in someone's life, we believe as a church there is nothing more worth celebrating than this. People who will die but have a hope that even though we might die, we'll live again. So baptism is a picture, you can have a seat, of death and resurrection, which gives all of us hope. It means that life can be different. And you know, wouldn't you like sometimes to have a different life? You walk into Barnes & Noble or you do a search on Amazon and you can find thousands of books about self-help trying to take something that's inside of us that almost every single one of us recognizes just isn't quite what we wish it was and change it into what we wish that we could be. Because all of us, at some point in our core, realize that there's a person we wish was different. The New Testament was originally written in Greek, and we get the word baptize from a Greek word, baptizo, which means to dip or immerse, but it, wasn't, it didn't start as a religious term. It was a term for people that worked with fabric, and they would take a piece of cloth, and they would baptize it in a solution to change it from one color to the other, to take a piece of cloth and help it change identity. And the story and the picture in the Bible is of an identity change that all of us need And down deep in our core, every one of us would hope for. And in fact, if you've got a Bible, you can turn to page 795 in one of these or to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to show you something really cool that provides for us just a glimpse at the picture of baptism. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. Paul's writing to a group of people that were struggling to get everything together. And this is what he says to them. Starts with kind of rough news. Don't you know wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral or idolaters or adulterers nor men who have sex with men nor thieves nor the greedy nor the drunkards nor the slanders nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now that's bad news, isn't it? Because all of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we find ourselves on that list, don't we? The easy thing to do is to read through the list and to find all of the things that we don't do and focus in on them and how all of those people ought to fix themselves, and yet that's not why Paul wrote this list. That's not what he intended. He intended for every single one of us to see ourselves in that list. All of us may not be drunkards, but some of us have lied about who we are in order to make money. We're swindlers. Some of us may not have sexual immorality in our past, but we know that we've talked about people behind their back and said things that weren't true and weren't nice. And if we're honest, every single one of us can find ourselves on this list. There's a part of us deep in our core that desperately needs to be changed. We need an identity change. 
Fortunately, the passage goes on. Check out verse 11. That is what some of you, what's the next word? Were. Isn't that incredible? We get hope that it's possible for us to have an identity change, for us to be different from who we used to be. And he goes on to tell us that it can only happen through the person and the work of Jesus. We'll see more of that in just a second. For a person who's connected with Christ, baptism is a picture of an identity change. The things that used to identify us don't identify us anymore. We've been dipped. We've been immersed, not in water, but in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. When Jesus died, he didn't just take your guilt. He also gave you his righteousness, his identity. So in the eyes of heaven, you're no longer who you used to be. You have a brand new identity. You've gone from being God's enemy to being God's friend, from being a slave to adopted as a son, from the darkness into the light, from being dead to being alive. The hope for a Christ follower is that even though some of these things used to identify us, there's hope that we can be identified with something or someone else. And we get to show that picture as we show the picture of a person who's dipped or immersed. And we show that because of what he's done, we can have a brand new identity. Am I the only person that looks back at that list and feels a little messy? Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, neither the sexually immoral or idolaters, adulterers, men who have had sex with men, thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. What a mess. What a mess I am. What a mess you are. What a mess we've made. For some of you, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 rings true, doesn't it? And we realize we've got to be clean. Because we've got this stain on our life. This stain in our story that just doesn't seem like we'll ever go away. It's part of our reputation. It's part of the things that people think of when they think of us. It's like that stain right in the middle of your carpet. When other people come over to your house, you can rearrange furniture to try to hide it, but you know it's there. And you live in fear that somebody's going to move the sofa and expose the mess. We've got stuff like that in our life, don't we? And we just wish we could be clean. Well, keep reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul says, don't you know the wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? And he gives us a list of the mess. And then verse 11, he says, and that is what some of you were. But you were washed. 
You were sanctified. You were set apart for good purposes. You were justified. You were declared right before the God of the universe, the only one that counts, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. God looks at the mess. He looks at the stain and he says, let's not just hide it. Let's not just put it away where it could be uncovered. Let's wash it. Let's set it apart. Let's clean it. And let me declare you right. You've seen that picture this morning, haven't you? It's not just a picture of spot shot, right? That's how we treat our stuff from time to time, isn't it? We take the spot shot and we go to work on the messiest spot in our life, just like we do on our carpet. And we get it to where it looks presentable, and then we go to work on the next spot, and we try to clean it up and and to get it fixed. You didn't see spot shot. We're not dabbing people with a washcloth this morning. You're seeing a picture of total clean. And isn't that what the Bible says is true of us? That God begins not with spot shot, not just finding the messiest spot and trying to clean it up and make you keep the rules. He starts on the inside where it counts, and he washes us. He takes care of the mess, and he makes it possible for people like you and like me who are messy to be totally clean. That's a picture of what you're seeing here. These people uh, don't believe that the solution to their dirtiness or their messiness was a little bit of clean here and a little bit of clean there. They're telling you they believe what the Bible says. When you connect with Christ, when you trust him to clean you completely, he offers total clean. Not because of what we did, but because of what was done to us. By Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the Doxology Bible Church podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. If you're ever in the Fort Worth area, we'd love to worship with you in person at one of our services. For more information on service times and location, visit doxology.church.